you'd be blowing up to luck. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Welcome to Fire Up, wherever and whenever you are listening. Yes, it's Chris Gale here in the anchor role, my least preferred option because Dennis Carnahan is immersed in a huge three-night run at the Bridge Hotel of Rugby League, the musical. Let me tell you, he's doing the 21 and 22 season reviews. And like Stevie Wonder's run in the 70s that began with music of my mind and finished with songs in the key of life, the music is pouring out of him. Of course, by the time you hear this, the show will have finished. Joining us not only at the controls, but on the mic is Redfern. Pat, Pat, how are you in the wake of the Rabbitohs' demise last Saturday night at Acor? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I was a bit under the weather during the day. And I um, had to DJ at night, which you can't, you can't really call in sick or anything. So I had two Sudafeds, like two of the prescription ones that I had lying around. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was a bit of a night. Uh, and, and let me tell you, everything was at 180 beats per minute, was it? Or? Yeah, I think it showed on their Twitter account. <laughs> it showed on their Twitter account. Now, look, in Dennis's absence, we thought we'd bring in two people who actually know something about rugby league. So it's an absolute thrill to welcome, first of all, Number one rated performer on Blowing Up Deluxe, our little Facebook group, Emma Domini. Emma, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm extremely well, actually, and thrilled to have you because you have been outstanding for a consolidated and continuous period in your performance, which, of course, makes me ask very quickly, what team do you follow? Tigers, of course. That makes no sense whatsoever. And joining her is our um, social media guru, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And I refer, of course, to Terry Bull. Welcome to Fire Up. I believe it's your first time on the show. Thank you very much, Chris. Yes, my first time. It's well, so good to be because you won't be coming back. So, <laughs> uh, and if you were declaring your colours, uh, I can see them. I can't hear them. They are the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. You have my deepest, deepest sympathies. Were you out there at Combank on the weekend as they were narrowly beaten by the Penrith Panthers? Uh, no, I wasn't, and I I couldn't actually watch it on TV either. All right, you lost. Was dispute. Just in case you know. Everyone loses to the Panthers, though. <laughs> well, as everyone knows, here we are on the verge of the big dance, dot, 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 and just roll out your West cliches. Best in the West, the Golden West, go West, young man, all those things, because, of course, we know that our protagonists in the big dance, oh, I hate that expression, protagonists, uh, on Sunday night is, of course, Parramatta and Penrith. But before that, let's review the weekend that was. We've already heard a little bit of the pain that Redfern Pat suffered, but we'll come to that. We'll savour it. First of all, Cowboys Parramatta up at Queensland Country Bank Stadium last Friday night. I'll start with you, Emma. What were your thoughts on the game? Well, Luch got his hair pulled, which was probably the highlight. Penalty? Uh, You should never, ever pull hair. Ever. I watch women's league most of the time, Uh and it's just a big no-no. So, no, you shouldn't have pulled his hair, but also he left the Tigers, so fair's fair. Well, I feel that rugby league is a house, right? Because it's full of windows, a la premiership windows, front uh, eyes up front door footy, a la Trent Robinson, and of course, Luciana I can never do it anymore. That's how much it hurts me. Luciana Lelua, who had a sliding doors moment because he ended up at the Cowboys having left the Tigers. And I see there's an interview which I refuse to read where he says he's learned about the meaning of hard work since he went to North Queensland. But I'm interested on in this hair pull thing because it was Wonga Blake, right? And let's face it, he got a better grip on the ponytail than he has on a Cleary bomb. Is it a black and white offence or is intent relevant? Because that was a lot of the argument that if you don't intend to pull the ponytail, you shouldn't cop the punishment. 
That's often thrown around, but I reckon you go in to grab something, right? And you know very well if it's solid or if it's hair. Mm-hmm. So forget about your intent, black and white. Is it okay to grip a jersey? <laughs> well, the girls have, like, they have the, half of them have the bows. And you think, like, how do they how do they stay in place? But they'll have, like, as physical as anything ever, and those bows stay in place. Yeah, but it's, if the ribbon... The ribbon, sorry. Yeah, yeah the ribbon. if the ribbon's also can, attached to the hair and you grab just the ribbon, it's is never, that a penalty? It's never happened. It's never happened. The ribbon's come off. How do you know that? Watch the girls' game. All of them in, in history? I've gone pretty close, yeah. What about Maggie Maloney, that incredible 15-year-old who ended up being a Rabbits fan from the 1920s? She was fantastic. Was she wearing Yeah, ribbons? she's on the show next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. <laughs> Uh, not not the first rabbit's graveyard that's, uh, no, that's true. still appearing. And apparently they've done a great mural to her down in the Redfern area to go with the GI one. What were your thoughts about the Parramatta victory, Terry? I think what makes a very pure rugby league win is you lose on every statistical metric, yeah. yet win the game. Um, and implausibly when Sean Lane just sticks a hand up in the air and it bounces off and, uh, into his teammate's hand. Beautiful moment. Very rugby league. It was a good night for Sean, wasn't it? Revealed that he's studying psychology. Yes, and is a uh, amateur uh, workplace relations lawyer. How's that work? Uh, I think is it Davy? Yes, is leaving Manly. That's right, Andrew Davy, and yes. and Sean's an RLPA delegate, if I believe. So. Yes, and he lives with him, and he's been working with him on getting a new contract, and he's had concerns with the way structures of contracts are worked for rugby league players and uh, is seeking to make the the life of a rugby league workplace better. So he's humanitarian? Yeah. Sean Lane. His brother Brett Lane, remember him? I think he played one game for the Dogs. one game for the Dogs, yeah. yeah. When Sean Lane made his debut, I was like, oh, Brett Lane's back. <laughs> <laughs> Good on him. Is he tall? Brett, yeah, he's a stocky fullback. About as quick as Sean, mm. Brett, unfortunately. I went out to the Rabbits game with PJ Lane, no relation. Um, Joey John said that he thinks it's a terrific initiative uh, that, you know, this is so much part of the game. The modern game is the mind part. And um, he's also um, Sean's PhD. <laughs> jo- <laughs> Joey's brain is the, is the, is the subject matter. It, it's a subject matter of, of what will be a complex and interesting thesis. Um, for mine, it was interesting. Reed Marnie in the lead up. Uh, apparently, the Parramatta boys have been watching the Last Dance, the you know the final season of the six-time winning Chicago Bulls, headed up by Michael Jordan. And Reed Marnie, who's going to your team, um, Terry, coming coming home, yeah, uh, says that we're a team of Michael Jordans. When it was asked who is the Dennis Rodman in the team, he said, "I've never heard of who Dennis Rodman is." Are you concerned that Reed probably hasn't got enough coverage if he's been watching an entire show and he can't remember that Dennis Rodman's a character? Well, maybe he's a bit like Luke Longley. He's just um, not in the documentary. He's uh, <laughs> so only up to episode one, maybe. <laughs> Save the rest for the grand final week. I certainly hope they're not all ordering pizzas the night before the grand final. Well, they go to uh, Marcus. Well, that's what Benji Marshall Benji did. did. That's yeah. what Benji Marshall did. Yeah. But Michael Jordan ordered a pizza before a big game. He doesn't and, seem like the type. And got food poisoning. Well, Utah. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to generalise about the... No, I won't generalise about the uh, religious background of people in Utah, but they'll do anything to win. Well, yeah. Because he ended up playing fantastic. He did. Yeah, yeah. For someone with food poisoning. Yeah. 
That's a, that's an oft-told trope is that when you have a, an injury that doesn't like as Gus Gorgas says, any injury above the waist you can play with, right? Um, according to Gus, including HIAs. Uh, uh, as long as you can play, the injury or the illness focuses you because the expectation is suddenly the pressure's off because you're able to go, well, I was sick. I got poisoned, you know, a la the All Blacks in uh, the 1995 World Cup, allegedly, in South Africa. Andrew Johns looked like he played with food poisoning quite a lot as well. <laughs> That's right. Maybe Sean Lane should study the stomach contents instead of the brain. Was he a bit dehydrated? <laughs> Mitchell Moses? Um, now, Emma, I'm right in um, presuming you are a mother, correct? That's correct, right. yes. So if I can put you in a theoretical world where you were married to Mitchell Moses and your first child was imminent and there's a – and he's playing for the Tigers. I mean, I know that's hard to remember now <laughs> and it's very hypothetical despite Benji Marshall's best uh, administrations towards Mitch. But if your first child was imminent and the Tigers were in a preliminary final as indeed Mitch was last Friday night, what call would you like Mitch to have made? I think go with the game. Yeah. I think if you're in that labour delivery room, yeah, you don't care. He does though. <laughs> it would all be about Mitchell Moses. That's right. He just he'd just be there on the phone, <laughs> watching the game, pacing back and down while you're in. You know, well, she was on the miracle phone. of life because they FaceTime. They FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it was before the actual kickoff, three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. But it did, I think um, Mitchell's world was sort of turned upside down because obviously um, Backby came forward with that uh, pass. What did you think about the non-call that led to the Penasini try? Oh, I quite loved it. Beautiful looping pass. Um, and feeds into the narrative that the Cowboys always get dotted in finals matches. Seven tackle sets, hands of God, all that sort of thing. And, um. I thought Todd Payton took it quite well and just said there was three quarters of the match to go to overcome it. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't let it go if I was a Cowboys fan. So I think a lovely moment. It's time to let the seven tackle set go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that I was thought, 2012. Todd Payton was very measured. I think he sort of sees the long game here. He doesn't want to be seen as a whinger, et cetera, et cetera, like me and the Merciless. Which does remind me, and I'm not getting paid for this, they are doing a screening of Flash Gordon November 8 at the Hayden Orpheum, which of course features Max Bonsaito as Ming the Merciless. And Sam Jones is going to be there live doing a QA. This doesn't excite anybody. I have no, no idea who that is. He played Flash Gordon in the 1980s classic, you know, with, with Queen doing the soundtrack and all that sort of that thing. That only, margin, only marginally no. More right. now. All right. Maybe if I get onto the Bowie documentary I just saw, I'm on Stronger Ground. I haven't ground. seen it yet. I haven't seen well, it yet. What's wrong with you? I'm not, I, know the, I know the plot, if you want to talk about the plot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess there are a couple of moving images from the win, none more so than now a minor celebrity, uh, Paul Galvin. So he's the dude that was seen in tears at the end, and then there's, I think there's a picture of Reed Marnie exulting with Paul Galvin. Now... He's been likened um, to looking like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, Kramer, and Will Ferrell. And he says, I don't mind the comparisons, but I don't know whether you guys have any uh, other suggestions as to who he looks like because he's got that very particular curly uh, crown of hair. Have you had any thoughts about this? Remember the 04 grand final? There was the, like, the younger, blonder, prettier girl, the Roosters fan who was crying. No, she was like you clearly do. She was on boots and all like every week, for, like the next, <laughs> the next season. Yeah, well, you know, and and it's. I mean, have either of you ever cried at a rugby league game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Name one. 
one game or one cry? Oh, just either or. Yeah, either or's fine. <laughs> um, I think like the end of end of an era. Like I was at Benny Elias's last game, right? Um, and I was pretty young at the time, pretty silly. Um, but I think if I was older, I would definitely have cried at that. Was that at Allion? Uh, what is now the football uh, the, the last game at Leichhardt Oval. Oh, okay. So right. when he did his lap of honour and oh, all right. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was there for Piercy's. Yeah, I was there for that yeah, too. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. I always say the great thing about that was that two Tigers finished their career that day. Wayne Pierce, who did a lap of honour to Mark Knopfler's local hero, and Kevin Hardwick, who was taken off on a stretch of 10 minutes from full-time bleeding from both ears. Yeah. And I thought... Came each, off early. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought each farewell was appropriate given their careers. You know what I mean? Were yeah. you there at Blocker's farewell? I think so. I, I seem to remember uh, HG saying that what the Tigers plan to do was Steve Roach and David Brooks, who I think finished it the same day. They were going to go out in the middle of Leichhardt Oval with explosives strapped to them, wave to the crowd and just blow up, which would have been terrific. They'd have a new stadium maybe by now. That's right. What about you boys? Any tears at any particular fixtures? Andrew, Andrew Ryan tackled uh, Rister's back rower to win Crocker. the game. Mick yes, Crocker. Mick Crocker. And no one cared. Oh, in, I welled at, up. I welled at, up. In 2004. Yes. Yeah, no absolutely. one cared except for Sterlo. I, I don't think any Sterlo, of the commentators realised Sterlo, what that, Sterlo what said that's that's amazing. And then, of course, they were, it was sort of spoiled a little bit by Sattler the year before on, yeah, yeah. Burn, on Skinny Burn, yeah. which was you know much more sensational. But perhaps you could argue that Bob Katz was... More critical in, in yeah, terms of the game. Yeah, if he yeah. was beaten, they were done. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we would have just been cheats forever instead of... <laughs> and Crocker spilled the ball forward and, you know... that Was was that the year after Canterbury had been done for the salary cap breaches? I'm just two a years. bit... Oh, two. Two oh, good. Because just... there was a run of Raiders got done in 92. Then two years later, they won, won it. Yeah. Dogs in 02. Then two years later, they won it. Uh-huh. Melbourne in 211. So no, you're two ten, and then two years later they won it. So, so had you're saying had not Canterbury been? Caught, I don't know if you know this, but the Tigers won the year before. Yeah. But are, are, we, are we saying that had Canterbury not systematically rorted the salary cap in two thousand and two, they wouldn't have won in two thousand and four? Well, they actually changed the rules as well because when Melbourne got done, they said you can't sign new contracts because all the Bulldogs players said we'll just stay for less to keep the group together. But when Melbourne got done, they said. You said you had. They had to pay out. Yeah, they had. They had to. They couldn't sign new contracts, so they had to get rid of. Which became the Tigers' problem because then Blair's at the Tigers. Adam Blair. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, if I reckon, if you get on our Facebook page and blowing up the likes, you'll see a picture of Paul Galvin. I've done my research. Carrot Top was something that was sort of in the framework, but this guy looks a lot like Art Garfunkel from Simon and Garfunkel. Oh yeah. And yep. if you do some research, you'll find that Art Garfunkel looks like Martin McGuinness. And this might relate to your roots in a degree, Emma, who was in 2016 with Northern Ireland's Deputy First Minister. I don't know if you're familiar with Martin's work. Not really. Well, no. he looks a lot like Paul Galvin, who was crying <laughs> up in Townsville on the weekend. But above all, he is Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt in my mind. And uh, we salute you, Paul. And did you hear he's on a booze band this week? That's right. He says he'll drink next week. Yeah. yeah. That's a novel idea. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was referencing Mary Kay from the week before well, quite he, well as well. Mary Kay's just been crying from Friday night. And then, of course, when Parramatta prevailed over the hapless roosters in NRLW, and she was calling the action on SEN. Again, um, she's just uh, like... Oh, 
she's on a hot tin roof right now. I can tell you right now, it's very, very exciting for Mary Kay. Now, um, Bradwater, uh, Brad Arthur has been vindicated. There's a picture on a post from Batuta today, having um, him decked himself out in Jack Gibson's um, brown coat, which uh, Harvey Howard has apparently. Apparently, the former Western Suburbs prop. Don't ask me why. Brad Arthur was facing a pass or fail mark. I assume he's a pass mark now, having made the grand final. Not, uh... No, this is a harsh. Oh, well, I heard. I heard. I heard Parramatta fans last year saying that the loss, the loss to Panthers last year by two points, they're actually unhappy with because uh, it extended the Arthur tenure. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you know, and, harsh... if it, and if say I don't know, say they get done by twenty this week, it's a fail. But they're, yeah, they're still. If you're a Parramatta fan, and they've probably got to go through a bit of a a, a roster turnover, uh-huh. I don't think Brad Arthur's gonna. He won't be there in a few years. Well, yeah. what's that old trope? You're only as good as your last game. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that for is that for no, the Tigers? Just, just is that for, is well, that... I, I was thinking of Madge, well, right? Like Madge got someone to the premiership. Oh, yeah. hooray for them! But they didn't get the Tigers to the premiership. So where is he now? I don't think that you're as good as your last performance works in this room. I tell you where Madge is. He's about to be announced as an assistant coach to Ricky Stewart. Talk about how the mighty have fallen. But Brad, of course, has trouble staying hydrated, and very much was on the waters up in Darwin early in the year when North Queensland bounced Parramatta Eels. But he was a happier man. And again, like earlier in the uh, season, at Townsville, after he did the press conference, he forgot to take his mic off. And this was where Brad went straight after the press conference on Friday night. Stage five. Evacuation beginning. So, Parramatta are there. Pat, you weren't there on Saturday night, but unfortunately the run of South Sydney came to an end at the hands of the accursed Penrith Panthers. Your thoughts on your season? Uh, yeah, it's, they they did about... Got it in the end. It's a tough road to get there. There's, I was at training during the week, last week, and I was just like, I mean, there's no way Cheekham and Jed Cartwright, like, there's got to be something else going on. Maybe Jacob Host is healthy. David Mowali's been rested for six months to come in. I was in there training and they played Cheekham and they played Cartwright. No Saluka Fafita coming from, no for, from the No Fafita. When you say you were training, were you actually in I the was squad? At tra- sorry, I was at training. Oh, I was right, at training. Right. You were watching training. I was watching training. <laughs> and you actually highlighted before we went on um, to record this how many bad games South's played this year. So oh, there's obviously room for improvement. Oh, it's dive. I watched every, rewatched every game. Over the last couple of weeks, there were so many games that were just, oh, they were just, even watching them again was just so bad. Would either of you guys, I mean, I have this habit of, particularly if I go to a Tigers game and they win, not that often these days, I definitely go home and watch the replay. Would you ever consider watching a replay of a loss? Oh, I'd consider it. Uh, I know the Cowboys 
game got a bit of a workout in our house. Cowboys <laughs> versus Tigers. <laughs> Try to watch it from every angle possible, like the JFK Up assassination. 79th minute, 59 seconds. Well, Capola was – so that's <laughs> – Capola gets done for an escort. But then he, he threw away the game against the Dragons a couple of weeks later. And it's like, you get one, you don't get two. Yeah. You might, you might like it might be you might start with Junior Pauga standing within the 10 metres on the dropout on that particular occasion. But then there's always a new way to lose with the Tigers Capola, this year. the one who came in with the shoulder charge that Correct. was so yeah it was icing on the cake and that makes you sort of look back at the Cowboys one being like ah oh, maybe you shouldn't have maybe you shouldn't have run him off the ball and look Emma while while we've got um, the focus on you you made a very interesting remark about Latrell Mitchell uh, in the wake of Trelly's team exiting the comp earlier today. Yeah, I definitely think Latrell Mitchell is the Meghan Markle of the NRL. How so? He cannot do anything right. He just can't. Like now they're talking about his fitness. Right, right. How is anyone in a commentator's box qualified to call on anyone's fitness on the the pitch? Honestly. They they did. So it was the Rothfield Kent um, genius in March to say that Travojevic wasn't doing enough work at fullback so they could move him to centre because they won't see it coming, so he can do more. And then for Latrell, it's move him to centre to do less. But he had a rib complaint, right? So he's needled up, I believe. Quite a few yeah. South guys weren't quite right for the game. Yeah, Campbell had two. Yeah, He had ribs and ankle, and Arrow had groin. and that, That's a hard-working groin, try Arrows. So it was Campbell Graham just trying to see where the needle wore off when he got that pass just before half-time and just sort of bounced it off the chest just to see how it was going? Yeah, Jeez, that was that, no good. Jai Arrows' groin was working very hard on Mad Monday. You've seen the photos of that. Is that right? No, they did Sunday. And it's outstanding how, outfit. He took how's, on this the for, how's this for footy players? So they play the game on Saturday... And then they've got the yacht organised for Sunday. So, eighteen hundred dollars an hour yacht. Yeah, yeah that's, but, that's pretty good of them to organise that. But that's that's because they banned Mad Monday, right? That's so they right. had yeah. to make it Sunday. Well, if they <laughs> get around the rules, yeah, innovation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think well, outside the box. Good on them though. Like, they got to uh, you know get up in the morning and having to organise a boat. Like I'm, sh- you know. No, but surely it's you know. It's called logistics and planning, Pat. Yeah. Surely you have a holding booking yeah. on each. Like, like as Dennis revealed last week, the Cronulla guys went with their going out clothes every week just in case, which turned out to be them very prescient. Um, but you'd have to take the whole Sunday off. Some of them got families. So you got to say, maybe I'm coming, maybe I'm coming home tomorrow, maybe I'm not. And you got to, or someone's got to organize all the booze. Like Cookie came in with two slabs of cruisers. <laughs> like you got to find someone to do that on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I'm not sure about the demand is that high for an eighteen hundred dollar an hour yacht. On the spot though. I think look, I honestly think it's ready to go. Just like somewhere in this big globe of ours, there's a bunch of kids wearing Rabbitohs twenty twenty two premiers t shirts. I, w- I would love to get I would love to get one of those failed premier shirts. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the West Tigers twenty eleven ones. Yeah. yeah. When they got ready to go. Well, you know. It happens in American sport all the time. And uh this has got nothing to do with the fact that Latrell's a Beyonce fan. No, that's true. Because there's been some argument that Meghan Markle said she was wanting to model herself on Beyonce. I'd love to see Meghan Markle's version of Lemonade. That'd be something, I reckon. I'd love well, to see Latrell's version of Lemonade. Yeah. He's the, country. He's country. The uh, the video of Latrell doing single ladies. <laughs> no, he'd get injured. He'd get injured. <laughs> oh, he can I, needle up. I always think Trell plays better the less fit he looks. 
yeah. I don't know if I'm I the agree. only person that thinks that, but yeah. Um, well, some people just don't carry the weight. Like his weight is all on his stomach. Like got this, he's got these huge, uh, lean limbs, and then he's got all his weight is on his stomach. It's so, a quick transfer of power from his stomach to the, 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 the don't like, argue. Like, so Inglis was like a very graceful, like Gazelle. He runs like a like a rhinoceros. Yeah, he's like he's falling, and he has to keep running or yeah. he'll fall. Yeah, bull in a china yeah. shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, have you been under a consultancy with that uh, <laughs> Knowles bloke over in the US? Because that's what they had to do. I mean, they talked about well. You're meant to be a Ferrari in a garage, but you're currently a bull in a china shop. So we've got to learn how to transfer the energy from your stomach to your running style. I mean, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> Did you watch that documentary? Said um... no, but allegedly millions of ha- millions have, which I refuse to accept. <laughs> we'll do a straw poll in this room. I did. Um, he said that going from Philadelphia to New York City is the same as going from Tari to Newcastle. I'd accept that culturally. <laughs> No, time-wise, I think. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put words in his mouth, but he said it's the same thing. <laughs> He's talking about time and distance. That's all. Maybe it's the you know the going from little brother to big brother or something. I'm not sure. There were all sorts of fine details out of the game, Terry. I think you noticed something around uh, the Panthers promo squad out there. Oh, I'm a big fan of the letters mm. being held up, mm. um, particularly if certain people have responsibility to hold letters up and need to go to the the bathroom. Yeah, right. But. Uh, Brad Arthur, for example. Yes. The Panthers had two mishaps. They had Panthers. Yep. And then they had Panther. Yeah. It's, it's hard to imagine a Penrith crowd missing an E, really, isn't it? But uh, occasionally, I guess. Could the... be could be just pants for Pants Man Coruscant. That's true. The Rabbitohs like the other it. week had like ATO. I don't like it at all. Once upon a time, you'd paint it on your belly and wear it proudly. Now yeah, we right. just cardboard cut out what's this about bring back the bellies are you are you on board with gordon <laughs> tell us about you know they're trying to turn rugby league crowds woke emma and you're clearly you're, they are yeah, right you're, you stand against it <laughs> i do right I'm a, I'm a big fan of the bed sheet with the spray paint uh-huh. uh, riding on yeah. it which the bulldogs brought for Jaden ockenbord to the reserve grade grand final i don't really like this machine cut um oversized it, lettering at, uh, that didn't work too well for him i uh, know uh, it was against newtown uh, oh, that one. That one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, one on the weekend, he didn't have a happy game. That's no, Jade Nockenbore, yeah. ro- very much rocks and diamonds. Oh, it did work very well the previous week against the Jets, didn't it? Never yeah, um, two tries and a yeah, beautiful tries. setup. Yeah, beautiful try assist. I like persistence. Like, whoever that person is that has the American dad image at the Roosters with the guy going giggity gig or whatever, mm-hmm. that has just been running and running and running. He's been at a – we've met him. Have we? Yeah. All right. He's, nice he's, a, he's a Newtown guy. Okay. Older guy. Hey, listen. All Newtown fans are older guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just a fact as far as I can tell. I'm I'm a bit of a completist and you know I like things accurate. Some company called Zero was sponsoring the scoreboard. So you'd look up at the score and it would go South 32-0, Panthers 12. Well, sorry, Panthers 32-South uh, 12. And when they go, the captain's challenge was unsuccessful. They put up the graphic with the words and unsuccessful have a hyphen between the N and the S, unsuccessful. It's just it's upsetting me. Now, there are a couple of big uh, fights. Uh, one was uh, Tane Milne got sent off for Emma, what was described by Blocker Roach as... A stiffy. Old-fashioned stiffy. Old-fashioned stiffy, my mistake. Yeah, you know. Um, so, if the show was a bit blue... Not one of those new fashions. No, no. Tenders, it's, it's what it would be called a head-high tackle in the pre-Viagra era. Must, yeah. Yeah. And uh, did you guys see the image of that? How much his arm bent on Spencer Lino's head? 
he, yeah, well, the freeze framing was was. Um, well, I said it looked like Mr. Fantastic, right from the uh, Fantastic Four, or indeed Ralph Dimby, Dimby, the elongated man from the DC world, his plastic man, right, or elongated yeah. man. Um, and the, and Leno wanted to go him. Uh, you mentioned Adam Blair before, like Brett Stewart, Adam Blair, but except Leno. What happened quite, there? He couldn't quite make out where Milne was. <laughs> right, I want to go him wherever he is because he was had his bell rung, didn't he? And a Penrith trainer, maybe a notorious one now, was was had to hold Lenny back, which was a beautiful moment when he's half the height of well, that, Spencer. That trainer, so the, uh, the 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 come out that what he said was um, he was actually encouraging Jed, right? If you're gonna lie to get out of trouble, like, I mean, what are you like? That's too much. Like, I can't, I can't accept that. He that Jed got fired up, and the guy was just trying to 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 give him some encouragement. Yeah, cameraman, sort of. Like, if you're gonna lie, you got to at least wear some yourself. This is the backroom negotiations that I don't think we realise go on at rugby league clubs, right? So this particular incident involves really Cody Walker at the end of the game exchanging harsh words with Penrith trainer Peter Green, right? Now, Peter Green, formerly lead guitarist with Fleetwood Mac, um, uh, has form because he was the trainer in week two of the playoffs last year who ran off on, in, I don't know, they're playing Sunshine, Sunshine Coast Stadium or something like that, Parramatta Penrith. And uh, Parramatta are absolutely on the rampage heading towards the line. And Mitch Kenny, and will they start with Mitch Kenny or not in the grand final? We'll come to that. Has gone down with what proved to be an ankle injury. And of course, when it's an HIA situation, the trainer has some ability to call the ref to stop the game so Pete Green runs on stops the game via the referee then has a look and goes oh it's his ankle you know I got it slightly wrong and he copped a big $25,000 fine for that so it's the same Peter Green who's been involved in this incident now Jed Cartwright had a checkered time Penrith injury wise when he was there and of course you know son of John and Merv started the Panthers dot 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 the huge Cartwright dynasty including a broken back and the original concern was about what was said about Jed's back by Peter Green. Yesterday, the words were apparently he just said, get back, as in get back on defense, right? Rather than, you know, I've been watching the Apple documentary on the Beatles. Nice of him to help out the opposition. Yeah. And now it's come to light that the words he offered were, you've got to give him that one dill. So Jed, he's gone too far. Yeah, right. He had me. You had me. Right, get back. Fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, so I assume Cartwright's made a play on Edwards and had a game, and it's gone from some uh, sledge about a broken back to crediting the opposition. He's player. got yeah. He's got a bit too excited. He's thinking Australian of the year or something. It's like just, just get yeah. Too anyway, much. as all these things do, they go down on party lines, right? So if you're watching 360 last night, and let's face it, who does? Uh, Braith and Astor said trainers have nothing to do with the game which just takes me to, remember when Tuvi used to be in the crowd would always say get, get off Tuvi you know, and all that sort of thing uh, and that certainly one of the clear rules in rugby league is that trainers should never speak to opposition players understood? yeah absolutely yeah even praise like you got to give him well he's also deal. I don't get he's the orange shirt so he's the physio Right, yes, so he's sure. a, a card-carrying physio. So he's only there for injuries. You've got another guy in a blue shirt, yeah, who's usually an ex-player who Water runs boy. the message. So the physio shouldn't even really be giving encouragement, really. No, they should be giving physio, which is hard to do. Yeah, particularly if you can't discern the difference between a head and an ankle. If they step off the field, are they then allowed to sledge? 
Well, it depends who you ask. Yeah. If you ask the woke. Oh, if it's, yeah. Yeah, if you ask the woke lefties, it's it's no. But if you ask the common sense. So Andrew Abdo has recalled an emergency committee meeting between Gordon Tallis, Paul Kent, who was of very much seeing the um, John Cartwright argument, which is life ban for the physio, for sledging an opposition player. Life uh, ban from physio or just from the field? Both. Oh. And Fair. And they were very concerned because of these golden rules. And then, of course, you turn on 100% footy with Gal and Gus and the same facts are presented to you. Nothing to see here. Move on. Because the entire world is split down Fox and Nine Lines. Now, speaking about being split down lines, the city is divided this Sunday night between the West and the rest. And we're going to come back and chat about the prospects in the grand final, plus learn a little bit more about Emma and Terry in a moment. But here is the official theme for this Sunday's game. Welcome back to Fire Up. No Dennis Carnahan, Redfern, Pat with us. But of course, we're thrilled to have Terry Ball and Emma Domini with us in the Batuta Advocate Studios today. Before we have a look at the main game that's awaiting all of us, the best in the West, the Golden West, dot, dot, dot. Always love to hear the rugby league stories of our guests. And Terry, I'll start with you. How did you come to rugby league? What's it mean to you? Uh, well, my parents divorced when I was uh, six months old. And I had no real relationship with my father at all. And I uh, would have been about four or five years old and what, with him watching the Bulldogs and just sort of questioning him about what are the Bulldogs, what are they about? And, and, uh, and then just sort of asked him, can I go for the Bulldogs too, Dad? And he was like, oh, for sure, for sure. And, and it's really from that moment the Bulldogs became what's known as the family club. Is that right? Yes. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, forget the Mortimers, forget the Hughes, it's the Terry Bulls. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the moment where I really, really fell in love with the game was we drove down from Newcastle, where we're from, to uh, Belmore. This would have been in an 88 season, 87 or 88 season, and they played Penrith at Belmore. And we were on the halfway line and Peter Tunks, late career Peter Tunks, was on the sideline warming up and he was 
sort of uh, like this sort of mass of exploding flesh that was sort of being contained by the jersey, and he was snorting. And a club owner, yeah. And he was, he was uh, snorting and spitting and grunting. Like a nightclub owner. And uh, uh, proceeded to go out and play a absolute blinder. And I, I still think probably my favourite bulldog, probably from that moment, because wow. it, I was just amazed that this sort of behaviour was not only acceptable... But, uh, but uh, and 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 necessary. <laughs> and you weren't chasing the following year when Terry Lamb capriciously took out Ellery Hanley in the '88 Grand Final. Well, the footage is a bit grainy, mm. so and um, Blocker and and Terry Lamb caught up at a Laundy Hotel event and to talk it over. And Terry said that because it now makes a great story, it was okay then. Uh-huh. And Blocker was like, okay, and then proceeded to whinge about getting a, a five gorilla fine for threatening to kill a referee, something like that. Not for patting Eddie on the head, surely, at Brookvale Oval. I think it was something like that anyway. I was there. <laughs> and when Terry became coach of the West Tigers, he wrote a letter to all fans saying, all rugby league players have colourful incidents in their past. I went high, Andrew Farrow went low, the tackle just went wrong. Well, it went very right for the... Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs in 88. And you, just before we recorded, talked about your highlight or great moment of the 22 Rugby League season, which was? I was at the West Tigers, actually, and it was when uh, Pat Richards and Colonel Sanders met for the first time Mm -hmm. on the halfway line at Leichhardt Oval uh, before the game. It was the highlight, really, for me, and I think for all the Tigers fans that day, it was probably was the highlight for them because it was certainly all downhill from there. And there was some free product on offer, correct? Yeah, the um, Kentucky Fried Chicken tent, uh, as it were, had a roaring trade offering free chicken. My daughter uh, absolutely loved it, gorged on it, yep. and promptly went home and threw up all over her bed. Which which was due to the Tigers going down 54 to 12. Yeah, she's disgusted with them. Yeah, and um um, both of my children were, were disgusted with them. and uh... We've had Pat Richards on this show. I wonder if we can get the Colonel one day. That'd be great. Now, Emma, West yep. Tigers fan, what's your rugby league story? Okay, so I'm actually, what would you call it, second generation Tigers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my father first came to this country, he moved into Roselle with all of his family. So very strong Balmain boys um, integration, I suppose, to the rugby league community in Australian life. Um, And I I don't remember ever going for any other team. I do always have a soft spot for the Canterbury Bulldogs because my mother was a Bulldog supporter. But, and this is why, by the way, I don't believe in mixed marriages, one always wins out and the Tigers won out Uh over the Bulldogs. So you're a Tigers fan because you don't believe in mixed marriages or... Perhaps mergers. <laughs> Mixed rugby league marriages, we'll clarify. <laughs> I can see you going for that gotcha moment there, Pat. You're not going to get it. <laughs> so what, how did you feel in 99 when the merger happened? Um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with a lot of things in, in my, my life over rugby league. Super League's one of them. The merger's another one. Um, but you roll with it. You like the game, so you keep going and, you know, you just go for what you can and look at worked well for us. I mean, we weren't winning anything any other way, were we? So, yeah, but um, now I, I have also married someone from overseas 
and I didn't give him an option. Um, We moved back from overseas at the end of 2004. So he was introduced to the Tigers in a stellar year of 2005. So there was no turning him back. In fact, it was funny watching him in 2006 observing mistakes and I was like no this is just how we play yeah, right. <laughs> this is the Tigers this is I know <laughs> yeah. and all the kids yep all Tigers fans fantastic a little bit growing up I was asked why can't we be Roosters fans and I said because that's not who we are it's just kid. a phase that's you're not going who through. we are <laughs> yeah. it's it's like your version of hysteria and um, is there a particular rugby league moment that stands out for you as iconic or something that um, automatically comes to mind when you think rugby league? No one particular moment. There have been honestly so many. I mean, some of the things, like some of the stories that I have over the years, just I used to, they used to give out um, autograph books with the Telegraph, which it was in those days, or the Mirror. That's the Astonisher. And um, I actually had uh, um, Ben Alexander's autograph. Right. Uh, God knows where that is now. Probably in a tip somewhere. But um, yeah, so so many stories. I remember once going up to Tim Sheen's because it said, "Oh, coach of the Raiders," and I wanted his signature. And he was such a gentleman. He said, "Oh, you don't want my signature. These guys now they're coming through. They're the ones you want." And pointed me towards the. All the Mal Meninga, Ricky Stewart, all of them. So. And did you say no? I want your signature. <laughs> no, uh. I didn't. I was too intimidated. I was about eight. So did you? Like, so oh, you didn't okay. get it. Uh, not that particular time, but I did get it. All oh, right, because I was going to so. say I can, I can sort that out. Like, oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. no. No, and and tell me, your involvement on our Facebook group is absolutely stellar. It looks to me like you spend a lot of time watching rugby league. Is that a fair? statement? I, look, it just feels like an extension of our house, to be honest. I mean, everything from this sort of podcast and, and, and the social media aspects, it's just stuff we throw around the house, yeah. you know. Um, there's always – rugby league itself is like one big drama. There's always something to talk about. There's always something to laugh at. There's always something to go, what the hell was going on there, you know. And I, I think – Every year you're in, you always say, oh, this was the most dramatic year ever. But I think every year is just, yeah, right. just a roller coaster, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, what's not to laugh at? Bad five years for Bulldogs fans. It hasn't gotten better at all. <laughs> I love the idea that it could be an extension on the house because you could actually put a rugby league extension on your house, like, you know, the rugby league rompus room or the Tigers Terrace or something like that. Would you consider actually going that far? Do you know how much my two eldest girls want to live in one of those Leichhardt Oval houses? Yeah. Like, they're just like, why don't we live here? They, they, we they, don't they must live be worth here. about $10 million. Any, any, <laughs> any house that might have been built in the 1900s would still be worth $10 million just for a view of Leichhardt, surely. Well, surely it's just got a Leichhardt tax. Yeah, so, and then, you know, it goes up in value yeah. be, uh, because of its proximity to Leichhardt Oval. So get working girls. <laughs> you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna need some pocket money saved to get one of those houses. They're probably very difficult to build onto now because of the heritage status of the Leichhardt toilets. Yes, and, that's um, right. Being preserved in the loose site. Uh, look, it's really great to have you both and thank you for your contributions to the show now over an extended period of time. It's just a thrill. 
Now, we'll just quickly touch on Sunday's game. I mean, I think everybody's dissecting it this way and that. You know, Wonga Blake, you know, is he going to get a better catch on the ball than he is on Leilua's hair and so forth? But if I asked for each of you, what's one thing that stands out about the grand final and, and how you're viewing the game? Pat? I like the Newcastle women's team a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesse Southwell? She's Tamika I, Upton. Well, I love Millie Boyle. Kira Dib and Millie Boyle. Yeah, Kira Dib's a fantastic. And then I like Upton. I really like Upton and Jesse South. She's so strong. Yeah. Like she's seventeen and she's like the NRLW has like that's world class athletes. Like they're Olympians and they're like girls who, who excel in other sports come to NRLW and they are amongst their peers and it's like a seventeen year old. Imagine do that but, like, by the way is there a risk about Southwell referring to her as 17 is that already getting into beach sprinter territory um, with Damien Cook and former jockey because everybody does seem to mention that I'm happy to I'm happy to to be in the wrong but I'm going to say no okay because it's you, you can't get over it yeah like you can get over Cookie being a beach sprinter he's also father of the year Cookie, oh, that's terrific, and, and he, he always brings two, two cases yeah two cases <laughs> of cruisers <laughs> Does, does Mitchell Moses know that he's his father of the year? Because I think he might have something to say about yeah, that. Our, yeah. He's like five days older father. So, yeah. you know. It'll be weird. <laughs> yeah. Would two cases of slabs of cruises be heavier than two slabs of beer? Yeah. He had a bottle of bourbon under, he tucked under an armpit as well, well just it. to make it a... It's a double threat. You know, he's <laughs> going to pass or run. <laughs> Emma, what are you looking forward to, if anything? Because I, I don't know if you're as fond of Penrith as I am, but anyway. Uh, the old Clearies. Mm. I'm hopefully looking forward to both of them having a good cry mm-hmm. and not the happy type. Okay. Um, but who knows? It, look, it... That doesn't seem like an emotional household to me, the queries. <laughs> you don't think? I don't think, I don't think they're, they're, like, if they're both happy or sad, I don't think they're embracing and saying, all right, let it all out. I think that's very much, you go to your room, I'll go to my room. Well, he is a father who made his son take money out of his pocket in order to enhance his father's chances for success by accepting less money on that five-year deal. I think that, you know, a father that steals out of his own son's pocket has a lot to answer for, don't you think? Well, that's what it looks like on the surface. I mean, he, he could be investing in a Leichhardt house as we speak well, for, in, you know, well, I stand Nathan's name. If you can leave your child a legacy of a house with a terrace that looks on a Leichhardt Oval, all your behaviour is forgiven. And what about you, Terry? What do you think? I, I'm looking forward to... Usually the usual phrase is whoever wins, but I'm going to say whoever loses, nepotism is going to play a role in that defeat. True. I really am looking forward to that. Well, I mean, I was thinking of this as the postcode wars grand final, having watched the oh, true. Four Corners uh, episode a couple of weeks back. And, you know, and, and I'm surprised by the absence of drill rap from the pregame entertainment, but there you go. Speaking of, the big go, go back-to-back. Can we hear flame trees in back-to-back grand finals? Chisel went there last year. Ian Moss was. Oh, Mossy was, was he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to go flame trees. It'll be working class man will definitely get a run, surely. He'd do like a medley, wouldn't he? Yeah. And simply the best. It's got to be. Well, the... the, Was he the woke one or was he the anti-woke one? I forget that one. Remember they did... They did... The NRL did an ad. Yes, so yeah, I remember now. NRL did an ad. And then as is the... You know, you want to accentuate your... You want to show people your new features and stuff. So their one was women and it was Latrell running on the beach and stuff. And then people were like, oh, it's too, it's too on the nose in terms of um, social sort of 
stuff. Messaging. Yeah. So then Fox Sports did one, and they got Jimmy Barnes to do it, and they had like that that style they do where it's all like rocks crashing and fire and like all industrial and sparks and stuff. So Jimmy was the non woke one. Right. Yeah. I think what they'll be doing is desperately trying to match the Delta appearance with Robbie Williams for kids and coming up with who for like uh, Karina Brown Karina there's an NRL W player who's got like a I've heard that song yeah it sounds like I mean I could play it now but I would just say it just sounds like a song yeah that's a fair you could drop it in later but I mean the idea of a Karina Brown tie-in with Barnsley doing simply the best that would be memorable at halftime of the NRLW or is that well she's out Ah, uh, well. She didn't even play finals. Okay. She was there for the Prime Minister's 13, though. Well, the, the entertainment is always a, a big deal. And um, we've already referenced Barnsley. And it seems like the blokes, by and large, are doing the pregame for the men's game. We've got Diesel, Josh Teske, because they can only spring for one Teske brother because the budget's are short. And Sheldon Riley, who uh, represented Australia so beautifully in the Eurovision is doing a cinematic performance. And for me coming from pro wrestling, that means he's just going to be on a screen. But Emma Donovan, cousin of Casey, will be involved in that performance, as she will, with A-Girl and Mahalia Barnes. So there's more nepotism, right? And then, of course, you go the Arthurs and the Clearies. It's the nepotism grand final, which is exactly what the Brown senior, as in Nathan Brown, the coach, reported on based on the allegations of Nathan Brown, the player, who replaces Bryce Cartwright from the allegations in relation to the Cartwrights and Peter Green, the guitarist from Fleetwood Mac, in this Sunday's game. Don't forget that uh, Nathan Brown Jr. also reports to his nonna. It's his biggest influence. Right. (laughs) Maybe they should just play We Are Family then. And that would be beautiful. Because none of this involves the alleged family club, Canterbury Banks now. There you go. And no Sims either. That's a... Actually, for once in a long time, there's no family connection in the referees uh, Uh on the field. The Suttons. Yes, they're... I'd like to do straw polls. Who wins? Uh, Panthers by lots. Panthers win, but I think I'd prefer Eels in a boil over. I didn't ask what you prefer. (laughs) Yeah, head says Panthers, heart says Eels. Okay. Who gets the referee gig? Klein or Joey Atkins? Klein. That's Klein already. It's been decided. Yeah. That's already Klein. That's, it was in the, in the newspaper. That, that upsets in, me no end. I wouldn't in give it to Joey. In yesterday's oh, shush, it was Klein got it. And I can't remember if it was saying that it's a good thing or a bad thing. But they were saying that Panthers' record under Klein is 85.7. Yes. And their winning percentage otherwise is 86. <laughs> right. So it's neutral. <laughs> Parramatta's about 68%, which is what they are in general, I think, isn't it? Uh, they'd probably be a bit up, I'd say. Yeah. 66 no, is a lot. Penrith's sustained success like that urine clip earlier has gone on for far too long. So. Yeah. Uh, upon announcement, he, Klein was described as the most um, experienced referee in the NRL. He is also the most disgraced referee this year in the NRL, when you think about it. Which takes oh, yeah. me to... Is there a family issue here with the, with the clients now? <laughs> Which takes me I've to... I've seen the texts from your kids. <laughs> my Arara Valley Axe to Grind.
reading from the Astonisher today, David Riccio, uh, Astonisher journalist. Lowlights of the 22 season, worst call in a decade. The unmistakable daylight rubbery of the West Tigers in round 19 by the Cowboys in Townsville. It was the worst officiating call in more than a decade. With only one second on the clock, Townsend used a captain's challenge, claiming Felt was escorted off the ball. Bunker referee, Ashley Klein. What was the previous one? Ruled as, as, as a Kapoor. What happened a decade ago? In 2012. Right, come on, Pat. This is my act. Ran sideways to <laughs> That's block That's not the felt. Cowboys thing again, is it? Yeah, the wrong call led to the Tigers investigating their legal rights. And I don't believe that that investigation is closed. And if there was a defense fund, would you contribute, Emma? Probably not. Okay. I'd say go. the Tigers can look after themselves. Oh, I, I would love them to keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this would go into some great areas if, if um, Lee Hedgepatelis would take the fedora off and put it on the table. And We might get a chance to put to this to him on a, an upcoming episode. There'll be some news about that. Uh, by the way, Pat, I think it was the seven tackle was the worst previous call, but we'd already put that one to bed. I think the worst one is the, the Dennis's one where the touchy put his flag up. Oh, yeah, that was with one of the... Uh, the Let's bring it up to Dennis. The six again. We're the going six to again Dennis's in the show final. tonight. Let's bring it up before he goes on stage. <laughs> now, just a couple of things before we go to the break. Um, first of all, the last bit of the straw poll that I'd like from you is to which of the two club themes do you think best captures the spirit of the two teams representing the grand final. First of all, I'd like you to hear an excerpt from the Penrith Panthers theme. And here is the Parramatta Eels theme. Eels up inside ya, find it an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya, find it an entrance where they can. Bore it for your mind, for your tummy, for your anus. Eels. 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 pretty neck and neck uh-huh. to be honest janet jackson we're big fans of on this show previously up against the mighty bush you you're leaning one way or the other emma well i gotta say the janet jackson number did remind me i don't know if you remember but in like the mid to late 90s there was uh footage going around of um an alleged panther in the Penrith area. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's exactly what that reminded me of. Right. So that that feels like it's just embiggening the Penrith spirit. Penrith. Uh, um, <laughs> Terry, Pat. <laughs> uh, I'll go Penrith. I feel like the bush might be a dig at me. Really? Yeah. 
I, I'm a big fan of, um, I don't know if you remember a song from the 80s, The Stutter Rap yes. or Star Trek in Across the Universe. And for me, I'd, I would have to go, therefore, The Eels. Um, and look, we know the, the game day DJ, Stephen Ferris, who is, yet again was described by Steve Allen the other day as one of the world's greatest DJs at the game, South West. Oh, Paris. he's up there. Yeah, whereas he used to be the greatest DJ. Um, and I just think that we need a, just a little bit of left field because it's just all, you know, Barnsley. And we... He's hit the road, Jack, still under yeah, locker. He, yeah, he, when... Um, who got put in the... Munster. The, oh, well, I think it was Mil... Mil oh, no, when Mil nobody played it when Milne got sent off. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the well. Yet again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't stop. <laughs> now, just a couple of things before we go to the break. Uh, Emma, um, I believe that you brought our attention via blowing up deluxe to this little bit of audio in the Prime Minister's 13 game. And Wutabo Puara will lead them down the tunnel here. Puara making his seventh appearance for the Kumuls and has the proud honour of being the captain tonight. He's been a... Translating, it was... Fire up, you Carmichael Hunts. Words to live by. Absolutely. In fact, I don't know why Gus puts together that monologue he does for every state of origin. <laughs> it's three words. That's it. That's, that's all you need. Oh, you can yeah. read the whole text. The um, Prime Minister's Eleven also feature um, a love-in between Matt Burton and Tina Farsu and Malawi after the uh, headlock and... and... Oh, Beat yeah. Beatdown that was put on him. Yeah. Um, a, beautifully said. And B, you're obviously channelling the South... Roosters game because you said Prime Minister's 11 because it's 13. Oh. Pat? Yep. Very good. <laughs> and finally, Rugby League is always on an international stage, no more than this weekend with the grand final, of course. And in all the excitement, it's interesting how you see the echoes spread throughout the multiverse. But it was South Korean pop star Haewon from the K-pop group NMIX, I think you call them, N-M-I-X-X, who was spotted in a video wearing a Queensland Maroons jersey. It was posted on NMIX's Instagram account, which had nearly 3 million, dollar, 3 million followers. Now, one of her bandmates, Lily, was actually born in Queensland, could be the source of it. But I think we'll find that, in fact, that this group is dedicated to rugby league because here is their hit single, Dedicated to that great Queenslander, Les Kiss. Lefty, woke, politics, activists. Uh, uh, don't start me. Do not start me, please. Everything that he's saying gets picked up. Mate, when you write crap articles about me the way you do, why should I talk to you? Have a think it back. Greatest ever, Battle of the West. It's the Battle of the West. We're going to hear this term a lot, the Battle of the West. Sir. To a battle between the two Western Sydney powerhouses. A battle of the West in the grand final. Plus a battle of Western Sydney to decide the NRL premiership. The NRL's dream, Battle what? of the no. West. So Just in that graphic off the top, it, it said a war of the Wild West. So now the Battle of the West is set. 
Um, Battle of the West. No Tigers there. <laughs> no Tigers in the grand final. Uh, so, yeah, we Battle, Battle of the West, obviously, this weekend. And there's not really a hell of a lot going on in the media. It's really tough, isn't it? Like It's as, not a lot. As the clubs leave the competition and all the drama that you refer yeah. to, Emma, less happens. It's, I find the same at Origin mm. time. Every article is, well, so-and-so plays good, they'll go well, and either they have a, a beautiful backstory. But there's no... I don't know. The sort of hate disappears in some ways. But, yeah, we're talking... We'll go visit the clubs really quickly. Uh, it's good we have a mother in the room. So Mitch Moses, we talked about him before. Mm-hmm. This is him talking about the stressful day he had on game day on Friday. But uh, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable. That's good of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that it wasn't weighing him down too much. But it really wasn't that topsy-turvy world though, wasn't he? Sort of, you know, forward was back and then in was out as he managed to well, sail to punts over the sideline. There was the big announcement about the forward pass. So we got the final verdict on the forward pass. Yeah, I, I didn't actually think it was forward, to be honest. So that's that puts that to bed. My my wife said to me, if you did what he did, we wouldn't be married anymore. And I said, I never throw forward passes. So. <laughs> um, I'll have a look. We'll go wind back a couple of weeks. He's just got though in week one. With playing footy in in careers, and it doesn't always have to have to be winning the comp or anything like that. It's- that's a, yeah, might be a cop out of me, but of, of playing, of replaying old one, but that's all right. I mean, you can go back to the well. It's all right. The love of the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also had it's a pass mark allegedly. We also got the we had the women's semifinals on the weekend, so we touched on it before. Millie Boyle had a, a stormer in the first half for Newcastle, and this is Corey Parker at halftime talking about the half of football that Millie Boyle just had. Yeah, it's a wonderful performance, particularly in that first half. That was at halftime. <laughs> and then so halftime of the next game, those women's games are really tight time-wise. So the wrap-up of the of that game was done in the the halftime of the next game. They're still talking about Millie Boyle. They're still talking about her first half. And this time at least Corey Park is a little bit more specific. But she was instrumental in that opening 20, 25, 30 minutes where it was really counted. So it's a 35-minute half. And he's at least got it down to... First half of the first half. Oh, well, he's good. Or, or six sevenths of the first half. <laughs> between half, between four sevenths and six sevenths. Corey Parker is, he's a very good uh, analysis. He had this during the um, Prime Minister's 13 versus the Papua New Guineans. To give you an understanding of what rugby league means to PNG, it's the only nation in the world, it's their national sport. Wow. It's incredible insight there. Everyone just take a note of where we are when we first learned that because that is just an incredible revelation. What is a national sport though? Because it's like, it's not like a national flag or a national anthem or like a national, there's no official national sport. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's the national sport of Australia? What's the national sport of? Whatever we're good at at the time, I believe. I think golf is Scotland's, isn't it? And that's about it. It's actually in their laws. Probably. Isn't that where they? I tell you what, I mean, there's a couple of referendums coming up. Might be the time to actually roll the dice for rugby league and get this resolved forever and a day. What is our national sport and is it rugby league? Albo, if you're listening. Absolutely. Friend of the show, Albo. Um, then finally, so the game this weekend is Knights-Eels. 
And just wind back the clock a couple weeks. Tasha Gale will be very excited because last time they played, she said this. Well, I'm quite surprised. I thought it was the Knights that were going to take the sword to the Eels and cut off their, almost cut off their chances of making the finals. But no, it's been the electric Eels that have sent a jolt through the metal armour of the Knights as they lead into the second half. She can reuse that. Well, and she's and Emma, definitely got that written down somewhere. She can reuse that. And, and Emma, you were reflecting on her um, little bit of tap and go genius recently, weren't you? Yes, I was. She was talking about the EFPOS, which is the tap and go, the restart, to which my daughter would love to see a bank come out and sponsor so we could pretty soon have a, a national bank sponsor the tap and go. So, when your daughter's going in to get the mortgage to buy the property overlooking Leichhardt Oval, she can offer the, to get a little bit of a discount by adding marketing ideas. Yeah, knock those percentages off. Brilliant. I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 texts. I never turn my phone on after the game, but I thought I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. I. Emma and I just read out things now, yeah, do we? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, well, I was going to play it before you caught me on the, on the hop there, but I, I did clip this one up for you. It's, uh, <laughs> that is an old fashioned stiffy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's 9.30. Right, play on. Now, I don't remember what the context of this was, but this happened apparently last year. Here in Bank. Now, yeah, you know, that's just an old... Fa- it's not quite a stiffy. I guess Ray's a bit older. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Ray, I feel your pain. I know exactly what you're referring to. Um, we also have uh, Oscar sent me this. So this be, sorry to interrupt. Ray will be hating the fact that Brett Arthur's got the eels into the grand final. Dude, what's with that? I don't know. Parramatta is in Tersonine. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, Ozzy uh, uh, sent me this. This is Todd Payton's presser. So, do we... Times into justice, or do you jump straight into a review? How do you handle something like this? Um, I think I'd jump straight into a forex. That's what I'm jumping <laughs> straight into. And while I've got two impartial people in the room, Chris, last week you said that your uh, least favourite person or most hated is Ivan Cleary. Is mm-hmm. that true? Correct. Crazy Ivan. Now, Emma and Terry, would you please describe this image for me? Uh, that would be Ivan Cleary. Yep. What shirt are you wearing? Kiss shirt. Kiss shirt. Have you ever got, has either of you two ever shared a car with Chris? No. I have. And I know a lot about Kiss, and I don't think I've ever voluntarily put on a Kiss song. Chris. Yes? Explain. So you're saying that simply because Ivan Cleary is wearing a Kiss t-shirt, I should think more kindly of him? You do really, really like Kiss. Yes. And I enjoyed their concert very much a couple of weeks ago. Ivan could have been there. Which has been renamed the Sydney Superdome during the Women's World Cup basketball. But anyway, Ivan doesn't mind blowing a kiss at the Tigers yeah. fans. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, maybe that was a maybe that was a sincere kiss. That's ex- Terry's exactly right. That is channeling the fact that he blew the kiss at that kid at Combank Stadium when they uh, outlasted us. A couple but of that years could ago. have been a, that could have been sincere. And I'm telling you, that is the equivalent of when you see people walking down the street wearing Ramones T-shirts, and you go, "Yeah, I love the band," and they go, "It's a band." Right, this is this is just artifice. Who's it's yeah, exactly it's, who's Dennis Rodman. This is Cleary trying to show that he's a man of the people, and I'm saying he put Pete Green up to that sledge against Cartwright. And I think the band should be in order: Peter Green gone for life, Shane Elford retrospectively for exchanging words with Reed Marnie from the wonderful Parramatta Reels earlier in the season, so is, and Ivan Cleary just generally. Is Shane Elford also on the list? 
Even though he's a premiership winner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he backflipped on South after the premiership. You know it that? needs to be noted that's a very new-looking Kish shirt. That's right. It's not weather-beaten at all, is I it? I don't think it's been washed. No, no, no. no, no. He's on the bandwagon. In he fact, saw them on 60 Minutes. I think I see a tag on that. <laughs> yeah, world's most evil man. That's what the tag is. Well, he is now. He used to be the second most hated Ivan, but now he's the first. That's right. I'm not closing the case on this. Okay. And Ivan Milat off the hook. Yeah. That's very well. He died. So, <laughs> Ivan the Terrible, the, the, I, I Roman, the Romanian king. Yeah. Jokes, but when Matt Lodge uh, signed with the Sydney Roosters, and I'm on that Sydney Roosters WhatsApp as part of my community service order, and they started talking about, it, I said, "You guys would go for Ivan Malat if they put a Roosters jersey on." I'm telling you. And then uh, last one from me is that is the is the um, Matt Lodge getting punched in the head for free by Gal event going to happen? Or? Well, I mean, it'll be the first one I'd ever go to. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Last one for me. Thank you for coming in, Emma. Thank you, Terry. I just uh, when you were, we were talking about the uh, the just the, the funniness of, of rugby league, I thought about this. This is this is a uh, one of the ones from, from FBI. Chris and I would know this one very well. And what I say regularly is, don't take the soap out of the soap opera. There's a bit of a soap opera about rugby yes. league. The much missed. I think he now runs the Australian Cricketers Association Cricket. or something. I think it, yeah. Toddy Greenberg. I mean, a very very important part of your history, Terry. Indeed, indeed. And I think it's important that we thank Todd and wish well on him and his family. And oh, I don't even know how you say it now. First of all, I'd like to pay my respects to uh, Mr. Greenberg and all his uh, extended family. That's you got to thank him for, he kept Ben Barber around a year and a half longer than uh, maybe he was legally obliged to. The magic that he and Des pulled off in, in <laughs> that not getting out, knowing what he did afterwards, it's astounding. But, um, oh, well, I think we were bottom when he came. And we were grand finalists two years later. So Miracle worker. Yep. The Todd Payton of his era. <laughs> and um, with those sorts of Ming the Merciless, I am going to give uh, a, one more um, homily on the Parramatta Reels. And when I come back after that, I'm going to ask each of you your final word. Thank you for being a part of our extended grand final special. We will be back next week and we'll be announcing a very special final episode in the wake of that. But... At this particular point in time, with Parramatta facing Penrith in the grand final, I, in hope more than conviction, want to offer a reason to love the Parramatta Reels. Come 10 p.m., because it'll probably take that long, Sunday night, Parramatta, the 2022 NRL premieres. For final words before the grand final, I go first to Redfern, Pat. Uh yeah, I think Penrith will win, but I'm not really that interested. Terry Ball? I'm um, really liking watching Parramatta this year, and I hate myself for that. True Confessions and Emma. Yeah, I'd, Emma agree, I'd agree with you there, Terry. Um, yeah, look, I think one of the redeeming things about Parramatta, if there are any, is that they are the underdog. And with that expression, that hope, that dream... And hi to all our Penrith fans out there. And I absolutely love you that it's a Parramatta blue and gold victory parade down Church Street next week. We wish you farewell from Pyre Up. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us particularly on Blowing Up Deluxe. Terry and Emma just love being part of that, as I know we love having everyone as part of that. And share the episode. Enjoy grand final week because that's the most important thing. When you get into the grand final, every coach goes, well, we're going to enjoy the week. So enjoy your week and we'll see you next week on Fire Up. All the Pummels and...